0: Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome back to The Conversation. Today I thought I'd do a personal check-in. My episode release has been Few and far between since the first of the year, much different than I have in the past. And some of you have been sending me emails checking in with me. Are you okay? Is everything all right? And yes, everything is all right. In addition to doing the podcast, I do see a number of clients and I have other things going on. I have only released six episodes since the first of the year, which is unusual for me because we're in the eighth week and I've not even released one episode a week since the first of the year. There's been weeks where I've done four in a week, five in a week. And so if you're a a regular listener, don't worry. I'm not running out of things to say. In fact, my wife, she's actually surprised I still have something to talk about. I actually have lots of things to talk about, but I wanted to check in with you and just kind of tell you what's been on my mind. Back in the first of September, I did announce that I was reinventing my life, taking a look at everything, taking a look at myself as if I've done nothing over the last 30 years. And I have to tell you, I forgot just how uncomfortable that is. I mean, to reassess, to question, to uh, reinvent different aspects of yourself, you've kind of taken for granted for a while. Now, I have prided myself over the years of not being that attached to certain things, that I'm willing to let things go. But I realize that I have a certain attachment to certain behaviors and certain perceptions about myself, which may not be true. Or perhaps you're not in alignment with where I want to go. But in just the mere act of questioning what you consider to be the status quo, there's a certain amount of discomfort with that. And while it has not been a dark night of the soul, it has been, um, well, (laughs) a bit dangerous. Now, the art of living dangerous, my philosophy, is learning to feel comfortable feeling a little uncomfortable. Well, I'm pushing the boundaries of my comfort zone, which on one hand I enjoy But the whole reason of me reinventing myself or making the declaration that I was reinventing myself is the understanding that I had acquiesced into a comfort zone or a range where I wasn't really venturing out much. One of the areas that I've been looking at is my presence on social media. I have a social media coach and he's basically informed me that I've been making mistakes and not necessarily, well, certainly I haven't been utilizing social media to the extent that I could. And I've been wrestling with the idea of just how much do I want to invest myself in it? What is the overall goal? What's the outcome? What's the objective? And exactly how much do I want to commit to it? And it's, I I enjoy learning new things. And he's been really good at presenting a different perspective than I've held about social media. So I'm thinking about it in a different way and putting together a game plan, one of which I can commit to and hold to. See, sustainability is really important to me. And so what I've been doing is not sustainable. The other thing I've been looking at is my physicality. What are the mind-body states that I've been embodying, living in day-to-day? What have I been calling forth? Is it really where I want to be? And frankly, no. I've not been living with the level of vitality that I know that's possible for me. And so I've been implementing some dietary changing, some intermittent fasting, uh, I've been working with my sleep, I've been changing how I use my body, how I exercise, and that has been a little uncomfortable because it's taking something that has been relegated for the most part to my other than conscious mind and bringing it up into my conscious control, conscious assessment, And, you know, when we do that, our conscious minds are not very adept at holding a lot or juggling a lot of balls all at once. But not too long ago, I did share the declaration that I wanted to live or I'm projecting to live another 60 years. You know, I'm at, I'm at uh, what, 63 going on 64 and I'm declaring I'm going to live another 60 years, which, you know, given the advances in medical science, it's highly probable that I can do that. And in doing so, I'm planning to live that long. I'm planning a bigger future, a future that I can live into, something that is really stretching. And I'll have some episodes where I go into some of these mindset shifts in greater detail because I think there's a lot of value in that for you. But I've been seriously asking myself, what would it be like to live exponentially? Meaning if I create goals that are exponential in nature you know, beyond 10x, how high is high? How much is possible? Because I know for a fact that small goals are no harder to achieve than big goals. And so if I set big goals, big outcomes, bodacious outcomes, what's that going to require for me? What kind of changes in my activity? What do I have to let go of? Because I don't want to work 10 times harder. I want to create an exponential goal, but work less. Is that possible? I think it is, especially when I call in law of attraction and get energetically aligned with what I'm creating. And again, I don't have to do all this myself. I've been looking at the areas that I can bring other team members in. How can I multiply and leverage my capacity, leverage my skill set? Because frankly, the way a lot of people pitch it, in order to achieve more, you have to work harder. Well, I don't believe that. And I know for a fact, you do not have to work harder to achieve more, but you do have to work smarter. And I understand that what got me here will not get me there. So I've been assessing my commitments, my unconscious and my conscious commitments, Now, our conscious commitments are those things that we commit to that we choose and they usually serve us. Now, there are some unconscious commitments, understanding that anything that is currently showing up in your life is doing so because on some level you're committed to maintaining it. So I'm making an assessment of what am I currently doing? What's currently in my life that isn't a hell yes, that is not you know, what I really want, that doesn't really juice me up, that doesn't really, you know, create some vibe and verb in my being. What in my life am I just going through the motions on? And can I eliminate that? Now, some things I've been able to drop just because they, they aren't that important. But there's been other things that I've been engaged in that I didn't necessarily find fulfilling. Like me getting up and letting the chickens out of their coop when the sun came up, was something that was interrupting me getting to the gym <laughs> now that that seems like a small problem to solve but if the sun comes up and the chickens aren't out and they can see that it's sunny outside they make a hellacious amount of racket and for the most part we're urban farmers so we have neighbors and i personally think it's important to let them out when they want to get out and then have access to food now this might seem rather pedestrian but that was a problem for me that was an issue and And my wife solved it for me. She ordered a solar-powered door that is activated on a timer or by light, sunlight. So now I can go to the gym and not worry about letting the chickens out. Because even though I get up early, I don't always get out the door early. And so sometimes I take my time and then it gets to a point where I either make the decision to go or stay and if I have to let the chickens out, and if the sun is rising at seven thirty, seven 7 o'clock, that cuts into my workout time, and it just becomes a level of pressure. But now with the door, I don't have to worry about it. So that has actually created a sense of ease and grace in that area. Now, aside from this personal assessment and this intercontemplation, whenever I've upgraded my energy level, my vibrational level, it always tends to play havoc on my computer. Over the last three years, I've replaced my hard drive no less than three times. Well, at the beginning of December, I began experiencing issues with my hard drive. I started, I started getting messages that there were errors and they're fixing the errors. And, you know, I have Windows, which is problematic in and of itself. But I was having issues with my hard drive. It was telling me that my hard drive was failing. So I ordered one. But I kept putting it off, fixing it, because, you know, there's there's just, <laughs> there's some getting through the going through with that. I have to reinstall all the operating software. I, got to, I backed up my files. And it seemed as if, you know, it was kind of maintaining itself. It kept repairing, and I was able to use it, and it wasn't that big an issue yet. And I was just kind of in the back of my mind, setting up a day when I could do that when I could, didn't need my computer, and I could replace it and start reinstalling and everything. Well, since the first of the year, there's been an increasing number of uh, fixes, where the computer has actually gone into a self-diagnostic mode and has been fixing my hard drive. Well, unbeknownst to me, several of my files, my critical files that I relied on, were corrupted. In the back of my mind, I was thinking, well, it's going through the diagnostics, everything's being fixed, it seems to work. But the actual file information, the components of the file were corrupted at certain points. So some of the videos I shot, some of the materials that I created were not retrievable. They were, they were trash. I didn't find that out until I got a critical error saying that <laughs> you have an issue. So I sat down and I reinstalled my hard drive. I bit the bullet and I reinstalled it. It Took the better part of a week because over the, you know, I didn't want to repeat a problem. I wanted to be organized at the end of this and how it has occurred in the past. I've had, you know, the three hard drive failures over the last now four over the last four years. And I have three to four terabytes of information spread across five hard drives. Now, if if you're not, let's just say it was a mess. If you're not involved in computers, you don't really care, but it was a mess. And so a lot of, I just had to clean it up. That has been uncomfortable. On top of this, I had a friend of mine. I, you know, I mentioned this in a previous episode. Uh, a friend of mine asked me to assist with a charitable organization. And I thought I was just going to go in and assist, you know, on one or two days a week And while I was there, it was apparent to me that the whole program, the way it was organized, the way things were communicated was a hot mess. And so in that moment, I had the intuition, the impulse that I needed to assist on a different level. And when I came home, I mentioned it to my wife. She's very intuitive. And she told me that she had the intuition that I would be doing more than I originally anticipated. Well, I know for myself because of how I define myself, I am a leader. And if I see a burning building, I'm not going to stand by and watch it burn. I'm going to enroll people in creating a bucket brigade or someone get the hose or like I'm going to rush in and save somebody, which at times is one of the stupidest things to do, but that's the way I think about it. And so at the time I'm recording this, It's only been two weeks since I've been involved and I've taken a lot on my plate and I've been really reassessing what am I doing? Because almost every day for the last two weeks or for the better part of two weeks, I've been secretly cussing out my friend and I told him, (laughs) you got me involved in this. The other thing is that I'm very aware that I don't like this. I don't like, you know, and I'm looking at why did I go forward? If I have this regret, where is it coming from? Did I bite off more than I could chew? And, you know, So I'm going to give you a little insight to how I reflect on for myself. So I understand that I intuitively got the hit to start with. There's that. I don't make decisions like that willy-nilly. But I don't typically take my time making decisions either. It's either a yes or no, and it was a yes. So I went ahead and started assisting on a deeper level but it was frustrating and it was hard and I was regretting my decision. And then, you know, this is where I'm facing my sub-personalities. Part of me wanted to quit. Part of me wanted to go back to the way things were. I Part of me had this conversation that, oh, you're operating below your skill level. It's not really your job. It's not, you know, you didn't take this on, you didn't choose this. What I did choose it. And I realized it, I'm thinking in my head what I'm dealing with. And I want to make sure this communicates to you because you don't really have the frame of reference. And I don't want to talk about details so much, but I made a decision intuitively. And as I was actually in it, part of me was really resistant. Part of me didn't like it. And so there was a certain amount of regret of me moving forward. And so I had to take a look at that. Was it a weak boundary? Was it, you know, what had me step forward? Was it my ego? And in really reflecting, it was not my ego that threw my hat in the ring. It was actually my ego, my insecurity that was being resistant. You see, I just created this goal, which I shared with you to live an exponential life, to take it out to the nth degree, to 10x it with less work. And here I was involved with something that was definitely more work than I wanted. And my smaller self, my ego, was saying, you're compromising your big goal. It's getting in the way. And then another part of me thought, well, if I'm committed to working less, can I make it all work? Here's the challenge. Here's the adventure. And as I positioned it as an adventure, then it made it all easy. So where's my involvement going to end up with this organization? I have no idea. I'm just going to follow my intuition for now. And I don't necessarily need the big picture or understand how it's going to fit into the overall picture, but I'm in the adventure of making it all work and making a difference in every area of my life. And so for now, I'm just going to listen to my intuition on when to turn left, when to turn right, when to go forward and when to pull back. And I'm trusting, I'm trusting my higher self that there is a grander vision, a bigger picture than I'm currently made aware of. Now, this is not typically how my life has been over the last 20 years. I've typically been able to see around the corner or down the road, behind walls. And on a rudimentary level, intuition shows up as a yes or a no, an expansion or a contraction, a pulling back or a moving forward. And it's been my experience, I was recounting this to my social media coach, I was just telling him where my mind was. It's been my experience that over the years that this happens this way when I'm being prepared for an exponential jump that I'm, I'm not necessarily present to. And so it's almost like the blinders are put down over my long-term vision and I have to operate from gut instinct because there are typically certain things that I will have to traverse that I would not or would shy away from naturally because I wouldn't necessarily see the grander picture of how it would build me as a bigger person. (laughs) What I realized in speaking right now, that what's being expanded, what's being cajoled, exercised, massaged, is my own concept of my capacity, Now, capacity, how high we can jump, how fast we can go, how far we can go, how much we can do is all an idea. Our capacity is a state of mind. And how we typically expand our capacity is by going just past what's comfortable. If you think about exercise, if, you know, I'm doing push-ups and I can do five and five is at the limit of my capacity, that's just in my state of mind. That's just what I think. Could I, because there's a point of pain, there's a point of discomfort where doing six is uncomfortable. And so if I can do five comfortably, I'll I'll attempt to do six and eke my way through it if possible or give up halfway through it. But at least I made the effort. I was leaving my comfort zone. And then we'll see what I can do tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow I can do six easily. And very often the case, the next day I can do six. The next day I can push to do seven, but we don't necessarily expand our capacity unless we test the limits of our own thinking. Now, since you are listening to the podcast, I should talk about the episodes. I was looking at, you know, when I do the episodes, why wasn't I doing more? I was actually making myself wrong for not producing more episodes. I have been in the thinking of this whole topic of the higher self. And while I have a great relationship with my higher self today, I realized that it was more of an embodied experience and not necessarily a cognitive experience. I didn't really have the words to explain my relationship and how I interacted with my higher self each and every day. And so over the last eight weeks, I've actually written down a lot of ideas for podcast episodes. But every time I sat down in front of the microphone or thought about doing so, I would acquiesce to I don't yet have the answer. And so I've been waiting for my higher self to inform me because I didn't necessarily want to be overly analytical or overly, um, you know, be in my head about this relationship with my higher self. I wanted it to flow through me. And I didn't really want to do any other episodes because I felt like I needed to get that one out and that it was going to be important, important in the context of information available for you all or for whoever. And I don't know who's going to listen to this tomorrow or today or, you know, five years from now. But this relationship with our higher self has been really important and especially aware of the different changes in the marketplace out in the world you know, now with AI and there's a lot of deep fakes out there and people can recreate things. I've seen posts on, on Facebook that I don't even, you know, if it looks too fantastic, immediately I get the impulse. of uh, that's, that's created. You know, that's not true. I was on YouTube and there was an advertisement where <laughs> Wayne Dyer was selling some supplement. And I know he's never, ever done that. But as I listen to the tone and the timbre, because I've listened to a lot of Wayne over the years I realized that it wasn't him. It was a AI reproduction. And then almost about the same time as this realization, my hosting platform for the podcast sent out an announcement that it was going to be more possible for other people to clone my voice, to utilize it in their own way. And that because I have a body of work out now and have been out in the public eye in various capacities, Not to the degree that I will be after my social media coach gets through with me. But, you know, I have some material out there and it would be easy to clone my voice. To me, this makes it even more important for me to establish my brand, establish what I stand for, what I will do, what I won't do, and to make it known. But I also want to impart upon you the need and urgency for you to ascertain and discern for yourself, what is accurate? What is truthful? What is relevant? Where are you experiencing some incongruency? Not in your necessarily yourself, but in the messages out in the marketplace. You see with AI and all these different uh, opportunities for deep fakes to occur and different, you know, unscrupulous people to manipulate the, the information It's incumbent upon you to be able to tune into your own intuition, to rely on your own inner signals, your inner knowing, probably more so than at any other point in history. This is one reason why the dark night of the soul and just being present, because we're going to have, because we've trusted some organizations, we have trusted some institutions thinking that they're giving us the truth. My point, I mean, I could go down a rabbit hole of things that have been unsettling to me over the last four, five, six years, seven, actually, (laughs) decade. But that's not really what this podcast is about. My conversation with you is I want you to be able to ascertain for yourself when things feel off and you question you. It begs a deeper question. And virtually every episode that I've done, is about tuning into your own inner signals, trusting your own intuition. How do you do that? How do you think about things? How do you position things in your mind? What kind of questions do you ask? I had a client tell me that they wanted to be a huge success. And I asked, well, what does that mean? What does that look like? How do you ascertain when you get there? What does success mean to you? I have people in relationship in relationship coaching that they say, "I love them." What do you love about them? What specifically? How do you know your love back? What indicates you know that you actually have a relationship? What do you value in this relationship? You see, we don't just want a relationship. There are certain things, certain outcomes, aspects that we seek to achieve by having a relationship. But everyone just assumes if you say you love me. I know what that means. I don't. Not necessarily, because you have a perspective, you have a whole constellation of beliefs and experiences that you reference when you say, I love you. I have a whole constellation and group of beliefs (laughs) that I think are fulfilled when I say, I love you. And if I don't ask, I'm going to apply my perspective on what you say. So when you say, I love you, I'm going to make it mean what I think it means. On my friend it begs a deeper question one thing that i realize as i'm sitting here talking to you is that when i made the declaration that i was reinventing myself i hopefully i didn't make it sound like it was going to be in a month or so i see it happening this whole year well at least i'm going to commit to a year of being uncomfortable But in saying that also, too, I realized that I started to talk about the number of episodes that I've released, you know, since the first of the year and why I was holding off and what my commitment is going forward. Well, I'm committing to three, at least three episodes a week. I'd like to do more. I find my sweet spot is actually about four a week where I have, you know, the quotable Monday where I talk about a quote and then the five minute Friday and then two meteor episodes in between. Not that the quotable Mondays don't go in depth. Sometimes those go quite lengthy or go, you know, I drill down to deeper and deeper detail because a quote stimulates a whole realm of thinking, a whole constellation of concepts. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to be talking more about self-concept, self-identity. I currently have my self-personality coaching program, which I, a couple of days ago, I actually decided that I was going to combine with the aligned self. So not only do you get to heal the past or resolve the past, but create the future, create your future self, your ideal self, and then align your behavior and your belief system with being the person that you want to be. Because if you haven't heard me say it before, who we know ourselves to be is essentially a collection of knee-jerk, habitually learned responses that we call our personality. And when we see our personality, we think that's us. It ain't. The limits of your capacity, the limits of your ability are governed by your self-identity. And that's one reason why this has been uncomfortable, because I've been challenging my own sense of self. Because of the problems with my computer, the start of the coaching program has been delayed. And so there's still time, there's still room for you to get involved in this recreating yourself. If you see that your life is limited by your self-concept, if you want to unleash your life to be unflappable, when I say unflappable, uh, you're unmessable with. A lot of people use the F word, but I don't want to make this uh, an explicit explicit conversation. See, the problem with most people is that they tend to want to create their future self to jump timelines or engage in their quantum self without actually doing the work to resolve Their past, their shadow beliefs, or their sub personalities that have been getting in the way and sabotaging their efforts all along. And what's interesting to me is that I did not see that as being a vital component in creating the aligned self. I guess I had to do a whole year of sub personality work with individuals, case studies, in order to realize that this was a critical part of recreating our self identity. But just handling or just dealing with your self-personalities in and of itself is healing. It's liberating. It doesn't necessarily create who you want to be. And most people have acquiesced or have adopted a self-identity based on their past and not created themselves on who they could be, on what they're capable of. And that might be more clear when I talk about probable realities, probable selves. But if you're tired of feeling limited in your life, if you want to unleash who you can really be, then send me an email at support at danov.com. and tell me you want to talk about being involved in the coaching program. We'll call it the aligned self or the integrated self. Like I said, I'm creating this as I go, but we're going to dive deep. There is an investment required, but I guarantee that the result that you'll have in your life, the impact on your life in every area of your life. Is gonna be ten times your investment. Easily ten times. I'd say a hundred times, but most people wouldn't even believe that. But I'd say for myself that the changes that I've put in place in the past that are part of this program have made a hundred times impact on my life. It's exponential. You see, ultimately it doesn't matter who you are, who you think you are. What really matters is who do you want to be? How good do you want to be? All right, this has been coming through my head ever since I started talking, is for me to talk about probable selves. I want to dedicate an entire episode to this, but I'm going to touch upon, I'm going to give you a teaser. Now, if you've been in the New Thought conversation, you've probably heard people talk about multiple timelines, parallel timelines. And as I go on to talk about this, it might make sense as far as how we manifest things. So let's consider every conceivable incarnation of of you as an individual, is vibrationally out there in the universe. It exists as a vibrational reality. The you that you currently experience is the you you've chosen based on the available data. And that's usually because we've adopted it based on other people's influences, other people's perceptions. We haven't necessarily chosen who we want to be. By and large, we haven't. People tend to take their past and project it into the future. That's why the subpersonality and reprocessing the past and eliminating the, the influence it has on who you are today. And when I say eliminating the influence, we eliminate the pain. You take the lessons and utilize them, but you no longer carry the pain with you. And that changes who you see yourself to be. It changes your limitations and opens up a lot of possibility. But if you can imagine yourself looking out at the universe and seeing the vast star field, each one of those stars is a possible you. Some of those possible probable use is just incrementally better than your current life. And then others are exponentially completely different, completely different a belief systems, set of you know standards, behaviors, bodily expressions, sexual expressions, location, where you live, what you do for a living, all that. What you currently live is one of many, many infinite possibilities. What really gets people is when you look back to your past, your past is one of many probable choices that given the circumstances, you chose to respond in a particular way. And as we reprocess the past and you reinterpret and change your perspective on what happened, you process it differently, you create a different result, you create a different present based on changing or choosing one of many probable experiences in the past. People tell me you can't change a past. Well, the past isn't real. Once it's over, it's over. What you recall to the present from the past is just a recollection. It's a recreation, a mental play of consciousness. Again, this is where we bump up against capacity. People say you can't do that. Well, I've done it over and over and over again. This idea of probable selves, probable futures is in alignment with quantum physics, which essentially says the field or the universe is a field of pure possibility, that every circumstance, every event is actually a potential, a vibrational potential held in status. And it's the moment we observe it or we choose it that it comes into being. And so anything that you want to manifest is out there in its vibrational equivalent. And you don't yet see it because you're not yet in alignment with it to actually experience it. Once you are, it manifests almost immediately. So anyways, I hope that's a teaser. That's a taste of what this whole conversation on probable futures, probable selves might contain. And if you want to put this in practice in your own life right away, send me an email. Say, let's have a conversation about the small group coaching program around self-identity, self-concept. Utilizing self personalities and the future self, because I have to tell you right now I'm in it. I don't know if I'm gonna do this again in the future in this exact way. So now is the time now's the opportunity. If you're feeling it, move forward. This is your higher self talking you're like seize the moment, seize the urging, follow the impulse. So if I sum this episode up, thank you for listening. If you've listened this far, thank you for your interest in what's going on in my world. Thank you for you know following some of my thoughts. I realize I've kind of been all over the place, but I guess I needed to actually talk about what's been going on in my head. And I, I guess to kind of share that it's been difficult. It's been difficult for me to process things and uh, feel normal. I don't feel normal at all. I don't feel any kind of normalcy about my life at the moment. And that's uncomfortable. And on the other hand, it's quite invigorating. Tell me this, tell me this. If you've been listening for a while... Let me know, do I sound different? Does my delivery sound different? Sounds different to me. I, you know, who am I, though? I hear myself talk all the time. But just in the last few episodes, since the first year, it feels like I'm showing up differently on the podcast. Well, whatever. Until next time, this is your friend and host, Daniel Danovi, urging you to follow your blaze. Live your life from inner signals. Be inner-directed as you engage in the epic adventure. <laughs>